Friday, June 4th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our Tribe beat writer. Hoynes is in Baltimore, where the Indians are set to take on the Orioles tonight uh, in the opener of a three-game series. But with the rain out and the off day, we've had a, a, a quite a bit of news since then. Uh, chief among it with the, the Indians uh, coming out with not necessarily an, an announcement, but more of like a sort of a look behind the scenes at the process of their, their name change that they've been undergoing since about July of last year. Uh, they just sort of peel back the curtain and gave us a glimpse at the, the like an, an, an outline more than a timeline, right, Hoinsey? Yeah, kind of a step-by-step step step procedure that, they, that, that they're on. They're kind of, I, I guess, halfway through it, it seemed like, Joe. Um, they, uh, I guess the, the big thing was they've considered, what, almost uh, 1,200 names, options, and it's, they've gone through four, uh, several vetting processes, and it sounds like they've uh, weeded that down. Uh, I don't know. They're not saying how many names it's, it's down to, but it, it sounds like uh, we're getting close to some kind of decision here. Yeah, it's, uh, it, and, and don't expect that the Indians are going to you know, publish any sort of list of those names because that would that would encourage people to go out and you know squat on domains and and file for copyrights and and it would just complicate the process I think more than anything else. So while while fans and everybody sort of expects that they want to see who the, the what the considerations uh, are are going to be for this new name. Uh, I don't think that that right now fits into the process and where the Indians are. And it, it kind of makes sense that it doesn't uh, as, as frustrating and as disappointing as that is, because I think fans want to be invested in, you know, Hey, this is, this is the, the list of potential names. And, and these are the guys that we can get behind. Uh, yeah, what do you yeah. think of just the, the, the idea that the Indians are sort of playing this really close to the vest? Yeah, I, I imagined uh, they would, Joe. I think they're going to, you know, this is what they've been called the Indians for over 105 years. So this isn't something you go into lightly. I think you have to, uh, you know, you really look at it before, you know, uh, you know, examine it before you leap into it. And I'm wondering, Joe, what do you think? Uh, would, would they come out and, and like announce, here's our three finalists and let fans vote on that? I, I, I really think that anything like that would be sort of window dressing. I think if they release a list with three finalists, they already know which one is the winner and letting fans vote would sort of be, uh, you know, without being completely transparent with the, the voting process. I, I just, I don't know that, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me uh, in, in the way this is going to go. I also think if you're looking for something like spiders or guardians or rockers, or I don't think that they're going to go in that direction. I think it's going to be something completely different and it's going to take a lot of getting used to uh, nothing that's out there in the consciousness right now, I, I think is, is what, what's going to be the choice. So no, I don't, I don't imagine it's not like the old days where they just, they'd hand to hand the reins over to uh you know, the plain dealer and, and let, let the, let the yeah. readers vote. I, I, I as much as a, a, a neat little throwback as that would be, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, you know, I remember uh, Paul Dolan talking about, uh, you know, the name change. Uh, this was early in the season with that Akron. Uh, and he did Round the, table, yeah. 
that uh, uh, in not on the Akron, uh, the, I think PBR or something like that. The round, the Akron round table. But, yeah, the round table. And he said, you know, he said he really admired the, uh, the Akron, the Akron rubber dunks name. And because it, it was so original and, mm-hmm. but it, it was tied to, you know, the Akron community and what you just said there, I think, yeah, th- that I would, you know, they're really looking for that kind of hook with, with this new name to, to really tie it to Cleveland. And like they said, the history of the, uh, the history of the city, the history of the baseball team, and just what it means to, to be from Cleveland. Yeah. That in, in the, the post that the Indians shared on their website, uh, they, they took a, a lot of steps to sort of show that they had connected with influencers and people in the community and civic leaders and, and leaders of, of different groups, uh, you know, uh, all sorts of backgrounds and races and, and, and all that to, to sort of really connect. And that's one of the themes, one of the three themes that they had was connecting to the community. So when you think about Cleveland, what you think makes Cleveland unique and Clevelanders unique, uh, that's where they're drawing their inspiration for this, this name search from. And it's going to be something that, you know, we, we make jokes about, you know, Hey, you know, the Cleveland orange barrels or the Cleveland, uh, you know, uh, you know, thunderstorms or just the, you know, all the, the weird things that, that sort of the quirky things that make Cleveland unique there. Don't be surprised if it's some sort of amorphous idea or theme that ends up being the winner from that, you know, that's not representative of an individual or group, uh, rather more like an idea or, a uh, you know, just a, a situation more than, than anything else. Uh, it, it, it's, it generated a little bit of hype. It generated a little bit of sort of interest, but it ultimately it got us no closer to knowing what the, the name was going to be, what they released yesterday. It just uh, sort of, Hey, we're, we're still in the process of this. And, you know, there's a, a chance that it could be resolved by either the end of this season or, you know, sometime early in the off season. Yeah, it sounds like they've made some progress because, you know, when Dolan talked at the Akron Roundtable, you know, he, he brought up the, the uh, situation where uh, perhaps that if they didn't get this process going, you know, they, they wouldn't make, they wouldn't, they would still be called the Indians in 2022. So it sounds like, you know, they've, they've made sig- significant steps toward, you know, really, you know, making the change uh, before the start of next season. Yeah, and that would have, if they had had any sort of press availability on that, uh, rather than just answering with a, a standard line about, uh, you know, a, any, they didn't really take any questions. But that would have been a question to ask them is, you know, does this mean that you're you're definitely going to be making the change before the start of next season? So we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, all right, moving on to uh, even more news of the day. I, I think uh, one of the more, uh, popular stories that sort of carried the off day was the the uh, controversy that was raised by the Chicago broadcasters, James Karinchak, with a, a noticeable dark spot in his glove that he kept touching at the end of Tuesday night's game. We, we talked about it on Wednesday in the podcast and whether or not Karinchak was using a, a, a foreign substance on the ball. And it sure seemed like the um, Chicago broadcasters thought he was. But 
now this sort of feeds into the whole um, the the overarching theme in, throughout Major League Baseball this year about pitchers being ahead of hitters so much uh, because of this rampant use of sticky substances and the league uh, set to come out with uh, new standards for the umpires uh, that could go into place before the All-Star game of umpires checking pitchers when they come into the games, checking their caps and their gloves uh, to, to look for any foreign substances and giving them an opportunity to use a different hat or glove if there is a, a spot of, uh, you know, pine tar and rosin or anything like that on there. Um, and if they get caught using it during play during a game, it could be an automatic 10 game suspension. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, the MLB made that clear this week uh, to the, at the owners meetings that, you know, the, uh, I guess the uh, survey period is over. The, uh, you know, the, uh, the scientific work is over. Now the hammer is going to fall and uh, it's going to be cool, Joe. It's going to be like, you know, uh, when, when I was growing up and uh, Gaylord Perry was pitching for the Indians, you know, every so often, you know, the other team would complain and the umpire would have to go out to the mound and, you know, check Perry's hat, you know, check, he'd make him take off his hat, check his belt. It was like he was getting undressed on the mound. So, I, you know, I'm wondering if, that, if we're going to see that, those kind of incidents right now. I, I would imagine it's going to be something like when the, when the pitcher first arrives on the mound, you know, a relief pitcher first arrives on the mound or, you know, early in a, in a start or before the, the first pitch of the first inning that the umpire checks something. I, I, I don't know if they're going to make, uh, you know, as, as big a show of it. Uh, but definitely if the, the trend of these high spin rates continues and these, you know, this ridiculous movement on some of these breaking pitches that these guys have and the, the overall offense, the, 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 the league batting average down to what, 243, I believe. And, and the, the, the strikeout rate is up over, you know, it's like 24.3% strikeout rate. Uh, those numbers are jarring. It's the lowest batting average in years for, for the league overall. Uh, I just think, you know, if, if something doesn't change with this and, and we continue on this path, this is why. And we talked about uh, on, on, on Wednesday's podcast about how, um, you know, baseball basically turned a blind eye to it, sort of like they did with the steroid era. Well, now they have to get in front of this and they have to do something because it's, it's taking away from the quality of the game. Yeah. You know, it's definitely affecting offense. At least that's, it's in the hitters minds that it's affecting offense. And that's just as good as, you know, if actuality, you know, you know, cold, hard facts. If you, if you get inside hitters between their ears and they think you, the pitcher has a big advantage, well, they have a big advantage. Uh, So you know, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it, it's something that, you know, has been going on for, you know, for a hundred years, Joe, but now it has reached, you know, kind of the breaking point. And, uh, well, MLB has to do something. Well, back during sort of the steroid era, the, the marching line, you know, was that you, you could never get a manager to talk about it. You could never get a, a GM to talk about it because, you know, what the players did on their own was their own thing. And they sort of, it was the Sergeant Schultz line. I know nothing, you know, I, I, I know nothing. Well, uh, do you think with this sticky substance debate that they need to not only suspend players, but also suspend managers and GMs that way, if they do that, there's accountability there. 
a player gets caught and it's all three get get the boot for for 10 games something like that i think would definitely sort of root out this the because once the guy at the top knows he's in, in jeopardy of of getting suspended 10 games no gm is going to want that yeah i know uh from uh, the indians part when the um uh... You know, MLB sent out this memo in spring training that they 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 were going to take a hard look at foreign substances on baseballs. They sent a, a memo out, an internal memo out, uh, saying you know no coach, manager, clubhouse guy, staff member could have any part in in doctoring you know in in uh, you know concocting or strategizing or, uh, you know, supplying, distributing, you know, foreign substances to pitchers. And the thing is, like you just said, you know, but, you know, they have that uh, element of plausible deniability because if the pitcher does it, they don't, you know, he's doing that on his own. He's, he's the lone wolf. He's the guy out there on the mound by himself, you know, just kind of acting by himself because they have, they have warned everybody involved. Well, but the pitcher's got to get the stuff from someplace. And usually the, and I believe it was the, the, the Texas clubhouse visiting, visiting clubhouse. No, the, the angels, the, the angels, was the angel, the angels visiting clubhouse. He was uh, the attendant that was working there was the sort of the guru of that. Every, everybody who went through Anaheim knew that he could hook you up with, with the, uh, the magical mixture. And uh, once he started singing, once he got fired and then, you know, started singing his story, uh, it all started coming out as well. So it, and Corey Kluber was one of the pitchers that supposedly was using it. Uh, watching Corey Kluber's uh, cutter move for so long, watching him throw a ball at a left-handed hitter's belt buckle and having it break over the inside part of the plate on a fastball for so many years, it would not surprise me one bit if that were the case. Uh, I, I wouldn't take back any one of his 1,300 strikeouts for the Indians, but uh, again, that's still – it is what it is. Uh, yeah, so this accountability – I just – I keep going back to the fact that, you know, three, four years ago, Trevor Bauer was the one, <laughs> no pun intended, banging on the trash can about this, and and nobody was listening, and everybody was like, just shut up, Trevor. And now – what's everything he has said has come to fruition and he he himself got caught right i mean he, yeah well he, he figured he figured <laughs> uh if it can't beat him join him so he started doing it and now he's making 44 million dollars a year so yeah and so uh who knows maybe he was that was some mad experiment by crazy experiment by him who knows? yeah well if you put it out there that hey i was i was testing it one inning you know, back in 2017 or something like that. And then that just makes it so that every time you get caught after that, you can come back and say, well, I was testing it again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not buying any of that. (laughs) There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates 
from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on Cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years, and uh, my son was born and raised here, and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even He's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore. Indian fan, so thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. All right, uh, looking forward, uh, we are getting closer now that we're in June to uh, the, the Major League Baseball trade deadline. I believe it's at the end of July this year. Uh, so do we believe the Indians are going to be active? Do we believe that they're going to pull off another one of their, um, you know, big moves, big trade moves without sort of giving anything up uh, to, to sort of maintain their their competitiveness at the end of the season. You know, in the past, they've, they've made big moves and brought in guys like uh, Fran Mil Reyes and Yasiel Puig uh, a couple of years back. Uh, all these trade deadline moves that Antonetti and Chernoff have been so adept at making over the years. Is there anything like that out there that uh, basically, does San Diego have anything left to trade us? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think if you look at the Indians roster, right, who do they have to trade? Who, you know, it's not like they have a surplus of pitching anymore. You know, they don't have a uh, Clevenger and Bauer and, and uh, Kluber, you know, they, they don't. And uh, are you going to, what are you going to get for Cesar Hernandez? I mean, I was going to say, you, if you're you've gonna got contend, a couple you, of veterans on one year contracts that maybe you could trade. Yeah. Cesar Hernandez, uh, Eddie Rosario, but you need those guys to contend, don't you? I, I, I don't, I'm not sure. You know, but I, I would think they, they'll make a move, Joe. They, they, they always have if they stay in contention here. And um, I don't think it's going to be a huge move because I don't think they have the pieces unless they really, you know, unload some of their, their top prospects. I mean, if you they decide... I, I can't see that happening. If they decide to shift away from their previous model, maybe they do decide to trade prospect capital this time. And... You know, if somebody's interested in, you know, one of those prospects that's in the that's performing well in the minor leagues, one of those, you know, thousand middle infielders that they've they've drafted and developed over the last couple of years, maybe a Brian Rocchio or, or you know somebody who has a, a lot of potential, and a lot of upside. But again, this you'd be breaking from the model of the we're the Indians, we develop from within, uh, and and we promote. I I guess. 
they can't trade somebody like a George Valera. You know, they, they, they're going to need George Valera yeah. in the outfield here in Cleveland at some point. Does, does a guy like Bobby Bradley have any value? I mean, he's hit like Bobby Bradley, nine home, eight or nine home runs. In the yeah, minors. he'd have great, he'd have great value if he wasn't hitting 176 in triple A. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I think he'd be on the major league roster right now, if that were the case. Yeah. So it, it's a, it's, I still think some way, somehow they make a deal. It won't be a, a major acquisition. Uh, it'll be, you know, kind of just add something that can, you know, move the chains a little bit. Where do you think that they're most likely to add in the outfield or on the pitching staff? Oh boy. You know, if they could, if they could get a kind of a, a fourth or fifth starter or, you know, some veteran kind of, you know, arm that could give them some length that, that might be the, that, that might be their route. But when was the last time they traded for really a pitcher starting Ken pitcher? Hill? When was that? Ken Hill. Yeah, got, Ken Hill. I'm yeah. being facetious, but I'm going way back. <laughs> yeah, Ken that's Hill. been a while. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think they probably think any any kind of veteran arm they would bring in is, isn't much of an upgrade over anybody they could bring up from the, from the minors or anybody in the rotation right now. Yeah, and, and the financial aspect has to play into that. You know, are they going to want to add payroll uh, right now having the lowest in the league? I, I don't think that's that's really an option for them uh, complicating matters further on that uh, on the trade deadline is, you know, the Yankees are out there looking for outfielders as well. The Yankees have, uh, you know, injury needs. I, I believe uh, Hicks is, is on the bench for the rest of the season with uh, he had to have elbow surgery maybe. Um, so with him out there, they, they need a center fielder. There have been rumblings of trading with Texas for Delano de Shields, but, you know, if the Yankees are out there on the market for the same thing the Indians are looking for, that's not a good sign. Yeah, definitely. Uh, although they did beat uh, the Yankees to Jay Bruce in uh, during uh, what 2017. So, hey, and eventually the Yankees got Jay Bruce. So yeah, exactly, I mean, and they retired on him. <laughs> yeah. So it all works out in the end, I guess. Hey, we're looking uh, also at the um, you know middle of July for the All-Star game. Uh, the All-Star ballot just came out. Uh, the game will be in Colorado this year. Uh, who do you think from the Indians will be joining you, Hoinsey, in Colorado for the All-Star game? You know, I think, uh, Joe, when you look at it realistically, I think it would have to come from the pitching side, don't you think? I mean, Bieber, Savali... Uh, a reliever, Brian Shaw, uh, Emmanuel Classe, uh, or maybe uh, a Karen check. I, I mean, I, you know, and, and the only position guy I think is that is really kind of positioned himself well is, is Jose Ramirez. Right. But even Jose's pro- what's he hitting like 260, 270? I, you know, he's got some power numbers and he's got a track record. But yeah, he's, he's got a track record and he's got clutch numbers. And you've got to look at you know, at the position in the American League at third base, uh, your third baseman is going to be Alex Bregman and uh, the the Chapman kid from uh, from Oakland, Oakland, probably. So is Jose Ramirez going to be the third third baseman on the the AL roster? Uh, He's had a ton of clutch moments. He's he's carried the offense basically throughout the season. But is is it enough to get him to the all-star game? I think you know, he finished second in the MVP voting last year. 
So he's out there enough in the in the national consciousness that that people would support him as an all-star. But uh, you know, you've got two perennials out there from the the AL West right now that will will get plenty of consideration. Uh, as far as the pitching staff goes, I think uh, if Bieber continues and just you know continues to the all-star break on the trajectory that he's on right now. I think he'll be fine. You can pretty much count on him being an all-star. As far as the relievers go, wouldn't it be funny if Brian Shaw winds up an (laughs) all-star reliever in in Colorado where he went and basically almost lost his career? That that would be uh, just impressive. The the chances of a setup man making the the all-star game, because it's almost all – starters and closers that that get picked but you know you can't deny Shaw's numbers right now yeah I didn't put the connection together with uh, him going back to uh, Coors Field that would be that would be sweet for him wouldn't it that would be the ultimate yeah. I'm sure As that's an playing in the, yeah I'm be- sure that's playing in the back of his head too but uh yeah that but yeah you're you're right Joe historically or traditionally you know, set up guys or those seventh or eighth inning guys have had a tough time, you know, getting named to the all-star teams because every, everybody wants to see the closers. Everybody wants to see the starters. Well, and, and if, if you're putting together an all-star team, wouldn't it be, you know, advantageous to, to be able to run, you know, three or four uh, closers out there at the end of the game, as opposed to, uh, you know, a, a setup guy who, that, you know, you've got closer stuff. You might as well go pitch the sixth, seventh, and eighth. Uh, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, and and then it, I think that I I don't know if they still I'm I'm I haven't read anything where they've changed the rule where you know every team has to be you know represented at the All Star game. So, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure that rule still exists. Yeah, so uh, you know, usually if you have, have one good reliever and that's the only thing you have that. That's the guy. That's the guy that represents it. How many years did you go to All Star games and Doug Jones was the only familiar face that you saw? <laughs> yeah, Doug Jones, special delivery. I, I mean, that was there were years where he was the only guy going for the Indians, and uh, you're talking about a guy who threw 85 miles an hour tops. Yeah, slow, slower, slowest. That was that was great. Uh, all right, Hoinsey, the uh, series opens uh, tonight with i i believe uh, jc mejia yeah for the indians uh we still don't know a starter for sunday uh for sure but we know Savali's going on saturday uh against uh i believe john means and and Savali are gonna match up and in, in that one uh it should be an interesting series the the orioles are just coming off of a 14 game losing streak that they snapped uh which is probably great for the Indians because you don't want to be the team that loses or that, that, that ends that 14 game losing streak for them. Uh, so they can maybe start a new one here against the Indians. Yeah, definitely should, uh, you know, uh, yeah, uh, they, they lose 14 straight. Then they come back, bounce back uh, the Orioles and, and beat the twins twice. Um, and uh, to set up this three game series, I'm, I'm anxious to see Joe, how, how the, the Indians come off this two day layoff. And, you know, that'll be interesting because I think it's, it might be the second one they've had like that, Yeah. you know, in, in, you know, so, you know, and that's kind of a long break this early in the season. I, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the hitting might suffer the most. I think the pitching will be fine. 
but the hitting might suffer from just having an extended uh, time away and, and not getting, you know, the timing is always a, a, a question there, but I believe the last time the Indians had a, a multiple day layoff, they came out pretty hot and won a few games in a, in a stretch there. So, you know, maybe this would be good for them. Get, get a couple of guys who are off their feet and, and back together and, and line them up and let's go. Yeah, and I'm, I'm anxious to see uh, who's going to start Sunday. I mean, like we, we talked earlier, uh, they could start Bieber, but you had a pretty good reason why, why they may not. Yeah, you want to you wanna put somebody in between Bieber and Savali to sort of preserve the bullpen because if, if, uh, if somebody is going to go short on the other side of Bieber, you know, you're, you're not going to have that, those, those days of rest. You want to, you want to use somebody and then have Bieber go long. So, uh, you know, but again, starting Bieber against, uh, Baltimore is, is, I would think would be, a you know, pretty much, a, a an automatic win and, a, a you know, maybe a 10 plus strikeout outing. So, uh, it could be advantageous either way. Uh, Tristan McKenzie would be eligible to come back if they decide to go that route. He's eligible to come back uh, Sunday because of the 10 day waiting period. Uh, I don't know. I haven't gotten an update on what he's been doing in Indianapolis or last week that that's where the Clippers were. So, uh, you know, who knows, maybe there's a, a, a chance there, but yeah, right now uh, that, that Sunday start could be, could be an interesting one for the Indians. Definitely, Joe. Definitely. All right. We will uh, check back in on Monday. Uh, and Monday's an off day, so you'll be traveling to uh, St. Louis. We'll hook up with you then. Uh, Hoinsie, good to talk to you here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast. Okay, Joe.